0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Stephen Carr. You can follow me on Twitter, at SCargo, that's at S-K-A-R-R-G, zero. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Zags. Today is Wednesday, April 28th, and folks, you'll never believe this, Gonzaga Baseball won again on Tuesday. And today on the show, we will recap that win over Washington State from Tuesday night, and we're also going to continue our player reviews from the season with some words on Martinez Arlauskis and Luis Forsyth. But before we get to the biggest news from Tuesday around Gonzaga, if you want to get more of the sports news you need in less time, listen to the Locked On Today podcast with host Peter Bukowski. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And now on to that big Gonzaga news from Tuesday, which is that Aaron Cook is going to take advantage of his extra year of eligibility, but he's not going to be using it in Spokane. The sixth year grad transfer is putting his name into the transfer portal. I kind of thought that there was maybe a 10 to 15% chance that Aaron Cook would be back in a Gonzaga uniform next year, but my thought would be that he was going to go the professional route right now. My little brain didn't really think about the transfer portal idea with him uh, possibly getting more playing time somewhere else but that is the way that he is going to do it and it makes a ton of sense he came in from southern illinois where he started 70 games for the salukis and he averaged double figures and he averaged more than 30 minutes and then he came to gonzaga and we all kind of know the story he was supposed to be the backup point guard this year and then two days before the season started Obviously, Andrew Nemhard got eligible to play, and Jalen Suggs was a superstar freshman, so Aaron Cook got bumped into that third point guard role. And instead of playing 30-plus minutes a game, he ended up playing 13 minutes a game, only averaged four and a half points and a little under two assists per game. But the thing that sticks out to me is that uh, he, he bought into the Gonzaga culture, and he wanted to make a run in the NCAA tournament, and that was a goal of his. And he made it all the way to the national championship, and he played 10 minutes in a national title game. So in that respect, Aaron Cook succeeded uh, in fulfilling one of his goals. And the two games that I think stick out to most people's minds, um, especially mine, are the two road games at St. Mary's and at Pepperdine, where we kind of named them the Aaron Cook games. That St. Mary's game in Moraga, Gonzaga was really struggling, really to get anything going at all offensively. They were down, I think, eight to 10 points in that first half. Aaron Cook comes in, complete energizer bunny for them, which he kind of was all season long, but especially in that game. He made a couple shots. Uh, he got on transition. He kind of sped the game up in a game that was being played super, super slow at the pace that St. Mary's one. And he finished that game with eight points, three rebounds, uh, an assist, and a steal. He played 15 minutes and kind of got Gonzaga on the right track there, and they were able to pull away in the second half. And then he did it again about two weeks later at Pepperdine. Pepperdine went up early in that game, and then Aaron Cook did the exact same thing. He comes into the game, makes a couple big plays, got them out in transition, had a couple big dunks, um, and he finished with a season-high 15 points in that game and also a season-high 21 minutes. Finished 6 of 8 from the floor, had three steals, couple assists, and um, the play that really sticks out in my mind still is he had just a filthy wraparound pass, one-handed wraparound pass pass in transition for a layup, um, and that's just the kind of stuff that you can expect from Aaron Cook all season long. He was really, really steady, uh, even though he only played you know, 10, 12, 14 minutes most games. He wasn't gonna make many mistakes. He could hit some shots when he needed to hit shots. He shot 35% from deep from the, uh, for the season, which isn't horrible, um, he, he had double-figure scores multiple times this season. He was a good rebounder, uh, didn't really turn the ball over at all, and he was just a steady player. And it's unfortunate for him um, that Nemhard got eligible because he would have been able to showcase his talents a little bit more. But with the extra year of eligibility, now he gets to showcase those talents. And he kind of fulfilled that dream of playing in the NCAA tournament, and now he gets to fulfill his dream of more playing time on his way to a professional career. And I've talked on here before about how I think Cook can play most certainly overseas. Um, I think he's as good or better than some of the guards that Gonzaga has brought in over the last few seasons. So he is going to look for some more playing time somewhere where he can be that kind of number one lead guard option. Uh, He's from St. Louis, Missouri. So the two schools that have already kind of been floated out there are St. Louis and Missouri. And I think St. Louis would be a fantastic landing spot for him if that's where he ends up uh, going. So I would keep an eye out for St. Louis as the favorite uh, in Aaron Cook's recruitment. And then from Gonzaga's perspective, with Cook out of the picture, they do officially have three scholarships available. I do expect one of those to be used on a lead guard backup. And now whether that's a grad transfer guard or a senior guard that comes in and plays one year and plays, you know, 10 to 15 minutes a game, kind of like Aaron Cook, or whether it's kind of a sophomore or a standout freshman, sophomore, one of those kind of players that can play 25 or 30 minutes, uh, that kind of bump out maybe Dominic Harris and Hunter Salas's minutes a little bit, uh, that is yet to be seen. And then there's a third option, which is kind of a freshman or sophomore who can play 10 minutes this year, learn the system, and then can take over the reins altogether uh, next season in the 22-23 year. So we'll see what Gonzaga does. Um, I think they're going to use at least two of those three open scholarships, one of them most certainly on a guard, and then perhaps either a shooting wing or a uh, kind of a beefier big man to back up Drew Timmy this year and then stay in the program for a year or two after that. So Aaron Cook in the transfer portal. Gonzaga's still looking for... a a new backup point guard in the portal. So we'll see what happens here over the next couple of weeks. Okay, coming up, we're going to talk about Gonzaga Baseball's win over Washington State. We'll recap what happened, and then we'll look ahead to what's going on this weekend in a huge, huge, huge series uh, for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. But first, got to talk about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate in all bars. It's even perfect for keto diets. There are over 20 amazing flavors, including peanut butter, caramel brownie, banana bread, and many more. All of them are soft, easy to chew, and absolutely delicious. Not only do they taste great, but they're healthy too. They are great for the health conscious guy and also for anyone looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The cookies and cream bar, for example, has 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Okay, Gonzaga Baseball continues their absolutely torrid pace. They beat Washington State on Tuesday 7-5 to in a game that was... Way longer than it needed to be because Washington State used nine different pitchers in a nine-inning game. Nine different pitchers in a nine-inning game. Uh, Gonzaga busted the game open early. Uh, Washington State had two on with one out in the top of the first. And Alec Gomez induced an inning-ending double play. And then the bottom of the first, they got a bloop single for an RBI, a sacrifice fly, and then Mason Maranko hit a two-run run double down the line, and that gave Gonzaga a 4-0 lead right away. That was pretty much enough for Alec Gomez. Um, Washington State ended up scoring two runs off of him, uh, but uh, in the bottom of the sixth in a 4-2 game, Brett Harris hit a two-run double, and that kind of opened the game up again and kept Washington State at bay. Uh, They would score twice in the top of the ninth to make it 7-5, but Brody Jesse would end up closing the door on the Cougars. Gonzaga wins the game 7-5. to five. Alec Gomez, who pitched seven strong innings last week against UW, pitched six good innings again this week to get the win. He's 5-1 on the season. Those five wins are most among all Gonzaga pitchers. Six innings, six hits, five strikeouts, two runs. Jacob Brotherford pitched two and a third in relief, and then Brody Jesse came in and got the, uh, got the save in this one. Though it doesn't say save in the box score, uh, he definitely came in in a save situation, so I'm not sure why it doesn't say save there. Uh, but in any event, on the offensive side, Brett Harris had another two hits. Ernie Yake had two hits at the top of the lineup. Mason Morenko went three for four with a couple of RBIs. It was another all-around good hitting performance. Gonzaga ended up with 11 hits on the night, and it was another really good atmosphere at the Patterson Baseball Complex. A lot of Gonzaga basketball players uh, were at the game. Corey Kispert was there. Joel Yai was there. Uh, Jen Worth, Leanne Worth. Jill Townsend, Laura Stockton, uh, even David Pendergraf made an appearance. So a lot of support from the uh, Gonzaga community in this one. The game was three and a half hours long uh, because of all the pitching changes, but Gonzaga was able to grind out another 7-5 victory. They're now 27-13 on the season. They're 5-2 against the Pac-12 this season, including 4-0 and oh against Washington and Washington State, which is something you absolutely love to see. And then this weekend, the biggest series of the year. They host San Diego for three games. It's a battle atop the WCC. Gonzaga's 14-4. San Diego is 11-4. Both teams are... Gonzaga, for sure, is in the field right now. San Diego looks like they would be in the NCAA tournament field as well. Um, But a couple wins for San Diego over Gonzaga would certainly keep their spot uh, much more firm. We will preview that series a bunch on Friday's podcast Uh, But just know it's a battle of strengths. It's Gonzaga's really, really good top two pitchers in Alec Jacob and Gabriel Hughes going against San Diego's potent offense. They are the best offense in the WCC. Um, They are head and shoulders above pretty much everybody not named Gonzaga in terms of hitting. So we'll preview that series on Friday. Uh, But it's two of the best teams on the entire West Coast uh, and really the two best teams perhaps not in uh, the back 12. So it should be really, really fun. Saturday's game is going to be on ESPNU, nationally televised. So if you haven't tuned into a Gonzaga game yet, that would be a fantastic one to tune into. Okay, coming up, we're going to finish the show talking about Martinez Arlauskis and we're going to talk about Luis Forsyth. Everybody seemed to think that Martinez Arlauskis was going to transfer, and that has not happened. But on the other side of things, Luis Forsyth did transfer. So we'll talk about where she went, and then we'll talk about the possibility of Arlauska staying and what that could mean for both him and for Gonzaga. But first, there is a ridiculous number of sports action going on this weekend, including the NFL draft coming up on Thursday. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of that action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all that action at Bet Online. This week has tons of sports as the NFL Draft is on, and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts use promo code LOCKEDON. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Okay, we finished today's show, as we've been doing, with some player reviews. We've only got three more days' worth of player reviews. And let's go ahead and start today with Louise Forsyth, who had a very interesting four years in Spokane. And I say interesting because she was a top 50 overall prospect in her freshman class, according to ESPN.com. She's out of Canada, and uh, while she was in Canada when she played preps there. She was the British Columbia Player of the Year and the Brookswood Female Athlete of the Year when she averaged 31 points and 14 rebounds and 5 assists per game in 2017. So she came in as a freshman known as an elite shooter, a top 50 prospect, and one of the best gets that Gonzaga has ever gotten. And she never quite lived up to that ranking, which is a little bit unfortunate Uh, both for her and for Gonzaga as a whole. As a freshman, she only played in 13 games, and she was used primarily as a bench player, but she also fought through a lot of different injuries. So it was possible as a sophomore, when she was healthy, maybe she would get into the rotation uh, and kind of show that scoring prowess that she showed when she was in Canada as a prep player. But that never really happened. Uh, She only averaged seven minutes a game as a sophomore, only averaged two points, but... She was an elite three-point shooter. She was 15 for 32 on the season, which is 47%. Heading into her junior year, uh, that is the, her junior year is the one where she kind of played the most minutes, and she was, for the most part, a back-end rotation player for that team uh, that was a likely a top-four seed in the NCAA tournament before the pandemic uh, ruined March Madness that year. But she averaged 13 minutes a game that year. She averaged three and a half points and a couple rebounds per game. She was one of their better perimeter defenders right up there in steals per game with with the rest of those rotation players. And even though her three-point shooting dipped a little bit to 36%, you thought maybe as a senior, her fourth year in the program, she would be able to find her spot in that rotation and become the player we all thought she could be. Again, it didn't happen. Uh, she never got in the rotation at all, The it didn't help that Abby O'Connor got eligible right before the start of the season and Sierra Walker became eligible because Walker and Abby O'Connor both provide that three-point shooting that Forsyth gives, and they're a little bit uh, more well-rounded when it comes to rebounding and the defensive side of the ball as well. So Forsyth was simply just stuck behind a lot of really talented wing players in Jill Townsend and Sierra Walker and Abby O'Connor her senior season. So it was a fairly disappointing career for Louise Forsyth in Spokane. Across her four seasons, she only averaged 2.3 points and one rebound per game and only averaged 8.2 minutes. And for a top 50 prospect coming out of high school, um, that's obviously not what she expected. And I'm sure that's not what the coaching staff expected either. Louise Forsyth is going to use her extra year of eligibility. She put her name into the transfer portal shortly after the season And she is going to head over to the Big Sky, not very far away, and play for Idaho. The Vandals have been a perennial contender in the Big Sky over the last, you know, decade or so, really. Uh, They were in the Big Sky Championship each of the last two years. The three years prior to that, they were in the WNIT. They made the NCAA Tournament in 2016. So it's a good program uh, that Louise Forsyth is going to. And in all likelihood, she'll get some really good minutes over there. They have a lot of really young talent on that roster, but they do have two players graduating and leaving the program that were um, rotation players. One of them was their second leading scorer. So there are minutes to be had. There are points uh, left behind that Luis Forsyth can get as a part of that Idaho Vandals roster. And I wish Luis Forsyth the best uh, down the road in Moscow. And now we get to Martinez Arlauskis, who lots of people thought would transfer uh, this this offseason and it sounds like he's not going to and to be honest with you I was never on that train that he was going to transfer I thought he was staying this whole time I thought that Pavel Zakharov would leave and I thought it was a possibility that Umar Bala would leave but Martinez Arlauskis genuinely seems like he loves Gonzaga and I think you could see that when he's on the bench uh, with his interactions all of last season because he was forced to play based off necessity. Um, he—I mean, he's an energizer bunny. He, the thing about Arlauskas is, he's never been a scorer. Even when he played uh, overseas in Lithuania, when he played in the FIBA World Cup, when he played for um, some Lithuanian teams, like he was never a double-figure scorer. What he's always been is a energizer type player who rebounds the ball well, dishes the ball a little bit, and, and plays good defense. Um, he's not somebody who's going to go out there and shoot, f- you know, three for four from deep in a game and score 12 points in 10 minutes. He's somebody who's going to grab you four rebounds, not turn the ball over, and make, uh, you know, offenses' lives a little bit more difficult. I think the thing about Arlauskas is something similar to what I said about Pavel Zakharov, and that's he was ranked number 42 by 24-7 sports in the 2019 class. And I think a lot of that ranking, again, comes off of the success of past Gonzaga players, where 24-7 sports sees Gonzaga get an international kid and they kind of you know overvalue him just a little bit. And so Arlowski is coming into Gonzaga. I mean, he simply wasn't a top 50 recruit based on talent alone. And uh, again, it's one of those things where he had unrealistic expectations placed upon him the thing that's different about Arlowskis as opposed to Zakharov is that I do think that there is a path to playing time for him uh, by the end of his career I didn't necessarily see that with Zakharov just because of the talent that's coming in and I think Zakharov is um, just a little bit too Uh, robotic as opposed to being a little more fluid. I think Arlauskis is fluid enough to play at this level. Um, It's just a matter of he has also kind of gotten recruited over, right? He played, like I said, as a freshman, kind of out of necessity because of injuries and there just wasn't a whole lot of depth at the guard spot and on the wing. But then Dominic Harris and Julian Strother both came in this year. So, I mean, he basically played mop-up minutes at the end of games. But now that Corey Kispert's gone and Joella yai has gone, it really depends on what they do in the transfer portal, um, on whether or not Orlauskis can possibly get, you know, super back into the rotation minutes or even just, you know, develop another year and then perhaps get more minutes as a as a junior. And I say junior because I think if anybody takes advantage of a free year of paused eligibility, I think Arlowskis could be the perfect candidate for that. If he redoes his sophomore year and stays uh, as a sophomore this season, I do think he's got a chance to play minutes as a junior and then again as a senior uh, on the wing. Obviously, he's got some work to do. Like I said, he's not going to be a scorer, uh, but I think he can be somebody who plays you know, four to eight minutes in a game. He's not going to make any mistakes. I mean, you saw him as a freshman. That's basically what he did. He played 131 minutes as a freshman, and he only turned the ball over six times. So he's not going to lose you a game, uh, but he can make some plays uh, in terms of rebounding. He can, you know, deflect some passes. He can be that guy to kind of spell... Um, you know, somebody for two, three, four minutes if they need a break or if somebody's in foul trouble, you know that Arlowskis is not going to necessarily hurt you when he's on the court. I suppose it's still possible uh, that Arlowskis could transfer, but by all accounts, he loves Gonzaga. And I said earlier, but you could see that uh, when it comes to bench celebrations, he's the first one on the court pretty much all the time uh, when, you know, there's a timeout and the players are coming back to the huddle. So I genuinely do think he's having a great time at Gonzaga and the experience of college and the experience of the Gonzaga culture and the Gonzaga family and all that stuff outweighs his uh, want for, you know, playing 15, 20, 25 minutes at a school that he doesn't necessarily enjoy as much. So I don't know if Martinez arlauskas will ever be a rotation player. Um, I do think it's possible that he plays four to six minutes by the end of his career, but obviously a lot of that depends on what kind of recruits they end up bringing in over the next couple of seasons. Uh, but he's not—he's he's somebody that's not going to lose you a game if he does end up playing. Um, And so we'll see what happens here over the next couple of weeks to see if he actually stays in school, which I think he does. And then we'll see what happens over the next couple of seasons to see if he can actually uh, you know, find some sort of role or if he's always going to be that kind of of end-of-the-bench player. Okay, that is going to do it for today's show. Don't forget, tomorrow night is the NFL Draft, and the Locked on Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to covering the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft starting tomorrow, April 29th through May 1st. Coming up tomorrow on the podcast, we are going to talk about uh, Michaela Williams and Anna Maria Verjogi. And then we've also got some stuff that I've been wanting to talk about. One of those things is Caden Perry and he has had a ridiculous start to his senior year of high school he's put up multiple 30 plus point games already so I want to talk about Caden Perry a little bit so if we have time to do that tomorrow I will and then I also want to talk a little bit about Gonzaga players in the NBA as the NBA season is winding down Kelly Olenek had a big night on Tuesday night Um, there's several players that are in NBA playoff races so assuming we have time and there's no major breaking news, I'd like to talk about Caden Perry tomorrow, and I'd like to talk about Gonzaga players in the NBA. Don't forget you can rate and subscribe to the podcast. Please leave a review with your Gonzaga story. Why do you love Gonzaga? What does Gonzaga mean to you? I'll read them every Friday on the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Escargo. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnZags. If you want to email the show with your story or any questions you want me to answer, feel free to do so. Locked on Zags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy your Wednesday. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning. It is a great day to be a Zag. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.